Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Exurgat deus disipentur inimici eius. Et fugiancio derunteu ma facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let all those who hate him flee from before his face. <clears throat> I very occasionally get uh, compliments. Um, every so often I'll get a compliment as to how smart I am. And if I'm so smart, my challenge is then how come I can be so dumb? I remember saying something on, I don't remember which podcast, but I remember saying something on one of the podcast episodes that I recorded in the past. That fascism requires the unity of the, the business world, uh, the world of commerce, um, the government, and the church. And if I was so smart, I would have recognized it immediately instead of waiting until today. So, it is with um, significant further fervor, I guess you could say, um, that I would request that before y'all send me any compliments as to how good my show is, you remember, I am not that smart. I'm good at what I've been trained to do, maybe compared to others, but I am a ripe old moron except when God sees fit to illuminate my conscience this is Caleb the mechanic with Radio Free Catholic let's get started with a prayer in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti Amen Sancta Michael Arcangle defende nos in proelio contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraecidium Imperatili Deus supplicas de precamur, tuque princeps militae caelestis, satra maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum netrude. Amen. Cor Iesu Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis, Beatus Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi edimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata conceptio est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And now that I've given such a wonderful intro, I'm going to go ahead and remind you that if you are, 
interested in supporting the show, there are links in the description. In fact, you'll probably have noticed over the last several episodes, I've stopped putting things in the description, but there are links in the description. Stuff like support the show. And there's two links that you can click on if you want to support the show. <clears throat> Especially if you're looking for ad-free. Now, on to the story of the day. You notice I opened with the people who were calling about fascism. I've been calling them on it because it's only largely been corporate and government. And for some strange reason, my stupid little mind forgot that Pope Francis is fully on board with this nonsense garbage Great Reset. Totally forgot about that. So what does that mean? Well, that means the church, the state, and commerce are all in this together, which does in fact qualify perfectly as 21st century fascism. Now, it's not the cool type of fascism where you take eternal Rome and you bind that to the government and that government then ties together all of the businesses in Catholic doctrine, so at least their operations are not quite such the abomination that they tend to be, because that would be the ideal form. Eternal Rome leads the world. <clears throat> of course, we're human, we're garbage, we're really stupid, and so the Vatican has decided to sign on with the corporations and the government. And I say the government and the corporations kind of in general because you know that the really big business, the international, the multinational corporations <clears throat> and the multinational governments vis-a-vis -vis the EU and of course the United States and Canada, etc., etc., NATO, all that stuff. They've all decided that they're going to go full in on this garbage. Now, yesterday's episode, I made mention of the fact that if you look, if you look at all of the apparitions of the Blessed Mother, with the exception of the apparition in Ohio, which makes no mention of any oncoming chastisement, makes no mention of any warning, it actually, simply, and providentially, I would add, um, makes mention of the fact that America, the children of America, are to pick up the banner of purity and lead the world to peace. Now, providentially, the Blessed Mother comes out and says, if you don't do this, we're going to smack you. Well, you got to remember that the United States of America, we don't take too well to ultimatums. And in this Masonic land, we definitely don't take too well to ultimatums coming from God. And certainly not from the Catholic Church. So maybe that's a reason why there is actually no mention of America's part. But I would contend that America's part is to be destroyed. Because there was not a widespread promulgation of devotion to this particular apparition. 
And this particular apparition is really important because the apparition itself, the message about picking up the banner of purity, is in fact very much in line with the message of Fatima. Well, how could that be? Because the final battle between the Virgin and the devil has to do with a family. It is a war against modesty. It's a war against humility. It's a war against chastity. And these are things that are expected of Catholics, even married Catholics, to be modest, chaste, humble. The final battle has to do with the family. And this was mentioned in La Salette and Heed and Nock and Fatima, etc., etc. Like it is, the final battle is against marriage and the family. We all know this. <clears throat> so for America to be given an opportunity to pick up the banner of purity, had we done so, we probably would have promoted peace actual, legitimate peace. But we abandoned that, and so as we approach this final battle, guess what? Well, as as St. John Bosco might say, we've allowed, the boys have allowed themselves to destroy the bouquets that were supposed to be offered to heaven. We've destroyed our innocence. We've destroyed our purity. In fact, a lot of people don't realize this, but everybody talks about how, you know, all of the pornography sites used to be based out of Russia and the old Soviet bloc. But the fact is, is that the vast majority of pornography is actually produced in America today. Hetero and homo. And all the mixes in between and beyond. That's not to say that there's not a lot of foreign pornography in the world, I'm sure. <clears throat> but we export pornography. We export pornography that's not even necessarily sex-based. See, because you have to remember that pornography in its original term ha- actually has to do with public degeneracy. It's not just about sex. It's violence. It's blasphemy. It's wickedness across the board. There is no place around the world that was better at spreading impure thoughts than the United States of America at the time the message of Fatima was was being given to Sister Lucy and her cousins Jacinta and Francisco. Weird, isn't it? It's hard to think of in in those terms. But Ed Bernays, as I finally remembered his name, Ed Bernays, the massive propagandist, the one who actually brought about women's suffrage. In fact, let's talk about women's suffrage. I don't care. Now, I'm not going to make this about the 19th, or yeah, the the 19th Amendment, but I am going to make this about how they managed to press 
the 19th Amendment forward. Because this should give you the secret. At a women's suffrage march, Ed Bernays had all, he, he not only had a contract with trying to promote the, suffrage, the suffragette movement, but he also had a contract with a company named Marlboro. Now, he had, you could say, a wicked epiphany. And so what he did was he told the ladies at the suffragette um, rally that during the speech that was going to be given, there was a key word, I, think, I believe the word was liberty, but, at the, but when the keynote speaker said the word liberty, the ladies were to reach down lift up the hem of their skirts to their garter where he had each of them place a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. They were to lift up their skirts to the garter, extract a cigarette from the pack, light the cigarette, and hold it up in the air with their right hand with the lit cherry pointed high. And at that moment, he had the photographers there, the journalists, take the picture. And the headline in the newspaper read The New Statue of Liberty. You see, when he was trying to work this whole thing out, Ed Bernays' cousin, one Sigmund Freud, who was, you know, as we well know, completely obsessed with human sexuality and trying to understand its effect on the human psyche. So the idea that, you know, some, I believe about a dozen women would stand up on the stage, hike their skirts up to their garter belt. Keep in mind where the garter belt is because you're talking approximately four, somewhere between two and four inches from the baby oven. We'll put it like that. This was a very shocking move. It definitely caught everybody's attention. And women gained the vote constitutionally. That was happening at the very same time. Concurrent within, I think, about one to two years. As the message from Fatima. Ed Bernays, the, now, not everything Ed Bernays ever did was bad. In fact, it is re, Ed Bernays who is largely responsible for bacon and eggs in the morning. The reason why part of a healthy breakfast is eggs and bacon or sausage. But the key thing is, is that it's eggs and pork because he was hired by pig farmers who were having a little bit of trouble. See, before bacon and eggs in America, we had what most people understand to be a continental breakfast. Toast and coffee. Toast, a muffin, maybe a scone, but a bread product of some sort and coffee. This was the norm in Europe. 
We are, of course, largely a nation made up of European migrants at the time. And so, breakfast in America was toast and coffee, the same as pretty much everywhere else in the world. <coughs> and it would be Ed Bernays who would change this. And I have to tell you, if I had to choose between toast and coffee, I mean, I still have my coffee. I just happen to typically have my coffee with some eggs and sausage and maybe some potatoes. Sometimes a steak. But the bottom line is, is that most of the time when I have breakfast, as I'm sure many of you do, it's not toast and coffee. <clears throat> Ed Bernays would also write a book entitled On Propaganda. And it is this book, On Propaganda, that would be discovered in the aftermath of the Second World War in the library of one Joseph Goebbels. Hitler's propagandist. Of course, Mr. Bernays would be horrified by such a thing because the fact is, is that book on propaganda was a cornerstone of the Nazi propaganda machine. In fact, the Nazis did propaganda so well, they picked it back up from America and they did propaganda so well that the word propaganda now forever has Nazi overtones. And Ed Bernays would not be, the, he would not only influence Joseph Goebbels, but he would also, like most American ad men, influence the Soviet Union. Now, in America, at the time, we were ostensibly a Christian nation. Heretically Christian, but still ostensibly a Christian nation. Freemasonic in origin, but ostensibly by, you know, by all images, the, the surface images of the, of the temporal reality, a Christian nation. <clears throat> we were most definitely a moral nation, significantly more so than this point in Europe. So while we may not necessarily, while we may have been a nation of heretics, and Freemasons, by and large, we were still a moral people, at least comparatively speaking to the rest of the world. Take out that Christianity, take out that morality, and unleash on propaganda out into that environment, and now, with the likes of Sigmund Freud and Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin and Nikita Khrushchev and Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels, now you have a powerhouse of diabolical influence. Because you have Darwin's the or On the Origins of Man, which basically, fully, flatly, does everything it can to discount the existence of God. In fact, it was On the Origins of Man that was principally responsible, as I'm sure you know, because if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to a few of the other ones where they talk about this extensively. But it was the origins of man that was used principally to turn the Soviet Union Soviet. The re-education was anchored on, the or on Darwin's origins of man, or the origin of species. The whole theory of evolution was specifically put out there 
to destroy belief in Scripture and the Catholic faith. So you take Darwin, Ed Bernays, and some very, very intent men who want nothing more than power, and you unleash, ferociously unleash, the most evil behavior across the face of the earth. And this was true in Nazi Germany, and this was true in Soviet Russia, and this was true in Maoist China. And this is true in San Francisco and Los Angeles and Detroit and New York and Baltimore and Philadelphia and Seattle and Portland and Denver. It is true. Our nation now principally believes the garbage that is evolution. Because for the modern man, we'll believe anything as long as it's not God. As long as it's not Christianity. And those who do subscribe to Christianity will believe anything, so long as it is not Catholicism. <clears throat> now, I do want to kind of step back for just a moment. And I'm going to lop a bomb over at our Orthodox brethren. The only, the only brethren on earth whom I, actu whom I actually refer to as our separated brethren. Because they are, in fact literally our brethren, and literally separated from us. Everybody else just walked out. They're, they're all prodigals, and maybe, hopefully, God willing, they will come back to the, whole, to, to, you know, to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church someday. But our actual separated brethren, the Orthodox, I'm going to lop a bomb in your direction. I want you to ask yourself, why are there so few exorcists? You understand, the same as we do, that our fight is against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And yet, the world and the flesh you engage in regularly, and I absolutely concur with, your, with the spiritual combat against the world and the flesh. But I want you to ask yourself, why is it you guys don't do quite so much direct combat with the devil. Because here's the thing that I know. The devil attacks anything that threatens his hegemony. Anything that attacks his hegemony, anything that takes away from his power, he attacks it with full force. That's why your bishops are just as corrupt as Catholic bishops. Because if they actually, I mean, they're the powerhouses. But if they were actually not so busy act, behaving in Byzantine ways, in the same way that the, you know, the Roman church is continually behaving in Machiavellian ways, for maybe haps, you would find more of a use for exorcists. And I'm not saying that there are none, but in my discussions with a couple of my more close Orthodox brethren, people who are a little bit more close to me than, you know, nobody, 
one of them made mention of the fact that it seems like Catholics are very focused on war with the devil. Which is odd. Because the devil is the enemy of man. He's a liar and a murderer. He has been from the beginning. And he hates nothing more than all of God's creation. So if you're not engaged in regular battle with him, perhaps it's because you're not a threat. And if you're not a threat, perhaps you should come home. Just saying. <clears throat> now, we know that the Pope is a modernist. We know that he believes in climate change, and while he doesn't subscribe to Pachamamahood, he's certainly not against it. He's certainly willing, just like many of his predecessors, to participate in things that are abominable in the, in the, in the sight of God. But we also know that he hates Catholic tradition. He hates Catholic doctrine and dogma. And he shows this because he's says a little bit here and there because he doesn't want to go too, too far. But when you look at what the German Synod's doing and you look at what most of the synodal path around the world seems to be indicating, it looks like the church is about to break with um, the condemnation of homosexual relationships, the condemnation of contraception, the condemnation of, of huge swaths of corruption that have traditionally and that have always been taught. The only one, actually, the only sin that cries out to heaven for justice that he really still gets behind is usury. And he doesn't even really talk about that so much anymore, even though that would be the principal theme of the Great Reset, which is usury. And perhaps that's why he doesn't talk about it so much anymore, is because he understands that if he does... All of those people who give lots and lots of money to the Vatican might stop. It might be against his best interests to actually say anything else about the evils of modern finance. And it truly is a shame. Because he doesn't talk about the Ten Commandments as though they were absolute. He doesn't talk about the Catholic faith as though it is, in fact, the only way to salvation. It's the only one we know of. God didn't. God did not just say, "Hey, by the way, you can stay, you know, Aztec, and still be saved." Blessed Mother put an end to that when she showed up in Mexico City. So the question actually is, no, it's not a question. So the statement, the accusation is that the Vatican, Rome, temporal Rome, has abandoned the faith. We know this. They've abandoned the faith and they've put in their lot with the Great Reset crowd, with the climate change, Pachamama, etc. crowd. with the Asmodians and the Lilith and the Lilithites or whatever etc 
They've thrown in their lot with the people who follow what Father Ripperger refers to as the table or the five generals or whatever, however you want to name them, the five chief demons under the devil himself. They've thrown in their lot with those people because those people are the least pure. They're the ones who engage in, so in sodomy. They're the ones who engage in abortion. They're the ones who engage in full-on sexual sin. They're the ones who follow feminism, which is nothing less than the destruction of woman. Yes, I got it. There's, there's such a thing. There's this thing called a TERF, the trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Yeah, hey, newsflash. It is still anti-woman. And for this, I actually, I have to give two hat tips. The first hat tip I'm going to give right now um, to Steven Crowder, um, who was actually talking a little bit about this, about the nature of man and woman, that actually kind of planted that seed and said, maybe I should actually touch on that briefly and talk a little bit about feminism. But these demons actually, <laughs> let's, let's put it like this. You want to know why the Blessed Virgin Mary is so important in salvation in history? For those of you Christians out there who are Protestant, who, who the church, the temporal church, refers to as our separated brethren. For you Protestants out there, you want to understand why the Blessed Virgin Mary is so important? The Blessed Virgin Mary is so important because of the vital role that a woman played in salvation history. And if you don't think it's vital, then I think you need to remember... In scripture, blessed is the womb that birthed you and the paps that gave you suck. Now, Christ does say blessed are those who do the will of God as a response. But the fact is, is blessed is the woman who bore you. Because that woman bore God in the flesh on earth. She was there at his beginning. She was there at his end. And it doesn't take a whole lot to find it in scripture because she was there. I mean, obviously she gave birth to him, so she was there for that. But you people like to forget that she was there at the end, too. She was there at the foot of the cross with the apostle St. John. like to forget that one. You like to put it out of your mind. The tradition says quite clearly that she was there at Pentecost. You like to put it out of your mind that they talk a whole lot in sacred scripture, including the book of Revelation, which, which Catholics refer to as the apocalypse because Revelation, while accurate, is also kind of, you know, Protestant. But in the book of St. John's Apocalypse, the Virgin is mentioned there too. The Virgin is mentioned there too. Who do you think that we're talking about? Legit, answer that question for me. Who do you think that we're talking about? Why is she important? She's important because you do not undo radical feminism without her. You just can't. It's not possible. 
Because if you discount Mary's contribution to salvation history, then you discount the contribution of women. You discount the importance of women. And you may as well just walk around talking about how the world should be a handmaid's tale. Which, by the way, is an accusation not against the Catholic Church, but against you. All of you. The Calvinists, the Wesleyans, the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians. Why do I throw in the Episcopalians? Who was actually the church, like, which church was actually the one doing more burning of witches? Certainly wasn't the Catholic Church. That was not our thing. That is a Protestant thing. That is a Lutheran, Calvinist, Protestant thing. That you jackalopes managed to shrug off on us because we're the church. You want to fight radical feminism, then you had best get under the mantle of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because only she can help. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now. Having talked about all that, that actually pretty wide swath of topics for only 30 minutes. It's kind of wild. Um, having mentioned all that, I want to reiterate. Because nobody sent me the email yet, and admittedly it's, it's early. 
usually it takes a couple of days for this stuff to get out there and people to really notice. But if you can make mention an email to me, caleb at radiofreecatholic.com, or you can go to the website and fill out the little email, you know, email thing, because there's a, there's a button you can hit that says contact. It's got a little drop down. You can type in your information and send me the message. If you can name an apparition that mentions America or the United States or the West or the Eagle or whatever, I mean, just something that references that can be tied to the United States of America, in Catholic prophecy, let me know. Because try as I might, I just don't see it. I just don't. I don't see it anywhere. And I will tell you that given the fact that no country in the history of the world has wielded the power of the United States of America ever. That's odd. Babylon's mentioned. Rome is mentioned. Russia is mentioned. Gog and Magog. Gog of Magog, rather. <clears throat> but no America? I mean, seriously. <clears throat> seriously. No America. Never has there been a nation, a country, I should say country. Never has there been a country on earth to wield the power of the United States of America. The British came close, and they, I mean, they came close for a while, a couple hundred years. They were pretty pretty widespread and, 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 you know, solid and all that. But they were replaced by us. And maybe, could be, that there's a mentioning that just goes, that's sort of kind of a nod to the Anglosphere. And that's obviously possible. It truly is possible. <clears throat> because ang because Anglospheric hegemony has been in place for close to 400 years now. A little bit more. But no mention. Seriously, no mention. Anywhere. So if you can manage to point out, anywhere in Catholic prophecy, like if you can find something in scripture or any of the Marian apparitions, or any of the prophecies that have, that have managed to just sort of get laid out, uh, particularly picking up right around the 14, 1500s. Anything talking about the end times, anything talking about the great chastisement, anything. If you can find something that specifically mentions the United States of America, or America in general, let me know. Because if you're an American citizen, Canadian citizen, a citizen of any country in North or South America, it should be very, very disconcerting that the world's superpower 
nowhere to be found. That should be very disconcerting. Because, <clears throat> well, if you're like um, Tradcat Knight and myself, on some level, you know that these things have to be coming to pass quickly. You know, um, I think Eric and I both settle in on somewhere between 2029 and 2033, somewhere in that window being kind of devastatingly important. Especially since 2033 would close out the 20 centuries since the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead. His conquering of sin, death, and hell. So it should be, you know, if it's going to pop off in the next couple of years, the real question needs to be, where's America? If it's not going to pop off in the next couple of years, and we've got like maybe a decade, keep in mind it only takes about four years to destroy a country, as we found out in Sri Lanka, as a lot of nations are finding out very quickly that it's not very hard indeed to tear a nation completely apart. Venezuela... Nigeria. I mean, there were some actual... Liberia. Liberia went from prosperous to debt to defunct in four years. Liberia was prosperous up until about 1992. And then in the span from 1992 to about 1996, Liberia collapsed. They just were gone. Nobody ever mentioned Liberia because, I mean, it was like, yeah, I mean, they were pretty much, they were independent. They were on their own. But in a four-year span, gone. Venezuela, pretty prosperous. They were able to kind of hold away, hold against, hold against. And then within a four-year window, they went from prosperous to nothing, to defunct. <clears throat> Sri Lanka just went through the, their four years of collapse. So we very well, actually, very well maybe. Now, <clears throat> let's put it, let's be blunt. I made a prediction before the 2020 election that if Donald Trump won the election, then we had five more years of existence. If he won the election, we would have at least five more years of existence. Because we would have his four years of his second term, and then maybe one or two years after while it, get peeled, while it got peeled apart. But I also said that if for some reason he lost, it was going to be a very short ride indeed. This is the second year. Where are we at right now? How we looking? Rhymes with not too good. <clears throat> and it's only going to get worse. Remember that the hallmark of the actual end times means that the living will envy the dead. And I fear that we're actually on our way there very quickly. Because it's going to be very, very difficult to want to stay alive when people are starving, including your friends, your family, your communities, and maybe even you. 
Now, most of us have done something to try and push that away, but how many people, seriously, how many people have taken the time out to make the preparations knowing that stuff was about to hit the fan this fast? How many? Realistically speaking, <clears throat> let's actually hit the last news item to illustrate this. <clears throat> Excuse me. The last news item that I'm going to bring to you for right now has to do with the jobs report. See, it just came out today that the jobs report that they were touting, oh, we created X hundred thousand new jobs. Well, they've created about 2 million, right about 1.82 million new jobs in the last two years. That's what everybody keeps saying. And yet, it's weird because in the summer of 2021, there were close to 10 million empty jobs. Why were they empty? In part because the government was forcing the closure of a lot of businesses. They were forcing the mask mandates and all that other crap. And they were paying people to not go to work. There were nearly 10 million empty jobs, which is why when you drive around your communities or other people's communities, particularly when you get around, uh, you know, some cities and large villages and mid-sized towns and whatnot, you drive around, you see help wanted signs all over the place. Well, it turns out that the economic data that they use to determine how many people actually have jobs and the jobs growth statistics is bifurcated. There's two pieces that make the data. <clears throat> you have the household survey where they find where they call and they find out, you know, how many people are employed in a house. And then you have the payroll data. And the payroll data says that there's been, you know, roughly 1.8 million new jobs. There's 1.8 million new people on payroll. What they don't tell you is that 90% of that 1.8 million people, they weren't unemployed before taking the job. They were underemployed. The 1.8 million jobs, new jobs, data, comes from roughly about 1.65 to 1.7 million people taking on a second or a third job. And in the last two years, we went from roughly 2.2, 2.3 million people who were working two, two jobs or more to make ends meet. Today, that number is at an all-time high of more than 4.1 million people working two or more jobs to make ends meet. And it is because 1.8 million people took on a second or maybe a third job to try and make ends meet. Four million people working more than one full time job. We're not talking about two part-time jobs. We're talking about two full-time jobs. 
to make ends meet. Is that a healthy economy? Do you honestly believe that's going to make things better? Or, as is the government's want, is it more likely that they've been lying the whole time and they've been designing an economic collapse the likes of which no one has seen in more than 100 years? Right about 100 years. I mean, this is actually now the 2020s, so we would be coming right up on the centennial of the total destruction of another empire. <clears throat> Dear family, I keep asking the question, and I pray that someone will send me something besides the uh, besides the apparition to uh, Sister Mildred, because if there's no mention of the most powerful nation in the history of the world. In all of the prophecies of the end times, then that means that among the nations that are annihilated, according to Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of La Salette, we're on that list. If there's no mention of the most powerful empire in the history of the world, in the end times prophecies, it's because we're on the list that don't even make it. Why do I make mention of that? <clears throat> because there is mention of an eagle in the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation or St. John's Apocalypse. And that eagle crosses the skies and declares in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. It's the only one I know of. It's the only one I know of. Which means we have to repent. We have to pray the rosary. We have to do penance and fast. We have to make reparation. We need to observe the five first Saturdays. We need to observe the nine first Fridays. We need to observe first Wednesdays to St. Joseph. We need to pray, fast, and act. We have to try and put an end to all of this as quickly as possible. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> Dear family, I hear a lot of people talking, and I mentioned this yesterday, there's a lot of people who are like, there's an estimate out there that roughly 6 million people, if you adjust for the population growth, it would take roughly 6 million people to die during a second civil war. But how many dead are in a nation that is annihilated 
And to expand that word, because the word was, various nations will be annihilated. Various nations will be destroyed. Various nations will be annihilated. Annihilated means to bring to nothing. Annihil. The word is... the. The word annihilate is predicated on the Latin word nihil, meaning nothing. A nihil means to nothing. Annihilate means to bring to nothing. And we got 300 million people in this country, so how many people will have to die in order to check the box for America to be annihilated? I'm pretty sure it's more than 6 million. You don't kill 6 million people and then call that annihilation. 6 million doesn't even qualify as decimation. Decimation, to kill 1 in 10. To decimate the, the American population means 30 million die. So our population could be decimated, although that's not what Our Lady said. Our Lady said annihilated. Our population could be decimated, or we could fight a civil war to stop these people and lose six million. Six million or decimation, 30 million. Six million or annihilation, meaning a remnant maybe three million across from coast to coast, from Alaska to Hawaii to Maine to Florida to Seattle to San Diego. Because annihilated would be closer to only three million survivors nationwide in a country of 300 million. Do we risk being obliterated do we risk losing as many as 297 to 299 million, or do we risk losing 6 million and maybe put a stop to this? Now, maybe it's not providential. Maybe God has no intention of having enough people repent so that we could fight this war and actually fight for the truth. Maybe that's the case. Maybe America will just carry on the way it's supposed to go and we'll just, you know, follow the Pied Piper to annihilation. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what's supposed to happen. Our Lady did eventually say that the chastisement was coming and that the best we could do is try to mitigate it. But various nations will be annihilated. If the United States can be regarded as a nation, given the etymology of the word nation, then the annihilation of the United States means 200 million. 300 million. We're more than 300 million, so it, it, but it means that we are left with a remnant of what we are. And I don't talk about this lightly. In truth, it's from a temporal standpoint that I'm looking at this and I'm going, wait a minute. Where are we in the end of all this? Because the fact is, is that if Catholic prophecy, conditional as it may be, if Catholic prophecy turns out to be true, we don't play a factor. We don't play a role 
And the only way that we, the most powerful nation in the history of the world, don't play a role is because we, the most powerful nation of the history of the world, cease to exist. Which appears to be what's coming this year. I know I feel I feel like I'm beginning to repeat myself, but I hope I'm actually coming at this from enough different angles that you can see the magnitude of what this looks like. That you can see the magnitude of what's facing us right now. Various nations will be destroyed. If it's us, what qualifies as destruction? I can tell you that it's probably more than 150 million. Probably. I don't think you could destroy a nation by just reducing it by a third. I think it would take more than that. Half to two-thirds at a minimum. Decimation is not enough. 30 million Americans? That's not enough. We could lose 30 million Americans and still carry forward as a nation. We could lose 30 million Americans and still carry forward as a powerhouse. So decimation is clearly not enough. One in ten is not enough. Not to qualify for, not to qualify as destroyed. Destroyed is going to be 150, 200, 250 million dead. Weigh that against the cons the potential consequences of civil war. Where if you adjust for the increase in, in, in population, you get about 6 million. And by the way, last thing, the cherry on the cake. We fight a civil war and maybe of the 6 million, 590,000 would be lost souls. Or 5,900,000 would be lost souls. Somewhere in that mix, we might have martyrs who are saved. We don't fight. We don't stand up. We don't do our duty to preserve our beliefs, our faith, and our people. God, family, country. It takes all three of those to qualify as piety, as pietas. We do nothing if we're decimated it's 30 to 35 million damned. If we're broken, it's 100 to 150 million damned. If we're annihilated, it could be 300 million damned. 300 million damned souls.
What do you think the law of the church would say? Potentially gained martyrs? Or fighting a war for truth? Or sitting back on our haunches and doing nothing? And damning every soul in an annihilated nation? What do you think God would want there? What do you think dogma and doctrine proclaim in that circumstance? Is the annihilation of a country with, with hardly a soul to be found for salvation, is that worth doing nothing? Or is fighting for the truth and giving 295 million people an opportunity at salvation, would that not be better? Would that not be a just cause for war? The other thing that you could do me a favor, like, it, it'd be cool if you decided to sign up and feed the raccoons um, so that this way you get an ad-free experience. It would, you know, be nice if you wanted to chip in a few bucks here or there for the, for the donation on those pages. But the number one thing that I would ask that you do for me is take this week's podcasts and share them with your local priest. Share them. If you can get it in the hands of a bishop. And excellencies and fathers. If I'm wrong, correct me. If I am mistaken, correct me. You can contact me. I've already said the email before, but you can contact me. Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com If I am wrong, admonish me and show me where I'm wrong. Because i got to be honest with you, on the list of things that I could be right about, I don't want this to be on that list. I would rather be wrong desperate to be wrong. So if you can get these podcast episodes into the ears of a priest, a society priest, an institute priest, a fraternity priest, a diocesan priest, doesn't matter. If you can get these podcasts into the ears of a priest or a bishop who can answer point by point where I'm wrong and bring the receipts, please please bring the receipts and show me where I'm making the mistake you 
You can email the show. You can go to RadioFreeCatholic.com and contact me on the, on, the, on, the, on the contact page. Shoot me an email there. You can find me on SP3RN, Caleb the Mechanic. You can find me on Twitter, at Mighty Colibri. And you can email me directly, Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can send me a letter. My P.O. box is listed on the website. If you can show me where I'm making the mistake, tell me. If you're inclined to show me that I'm right, tell me. I don't want to be right about this. This is not... You know, this is not the thing that you're like, oh, bum, 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 hooray! He's right! The world's going to be destroyed and America's getting wiped the heck out! That's not where I want to be right. God, family, country. Pietas. It's not where I want to be right. So if you can show me You happen to, you know, I don't know, put the, you know, put the podcast in the, in the hands of, um, well, <clears throat> bounce it off of some of the guys, you know, restoring the faith, return to tradition. Um, you know, I'll probably bring it up with Eric Gajewski with our interview, um, at our interview at the end of this month. Because if you can show me that I'm mistaken in this, you can actually demonstrate that I'm mistaken in this. I would be much obliged. But if not, if I'm not mistaken, and we're looking at, over the course of the next year, year and a half, descent into a hellscape unlike anything anyone has ever seen, and we don't do something soon, we could be consigning as many as 300 million souls of our countrymen. I take that back. 350 million souls, because we don't really know the exact population right now. We could be consigning more than 300 million souls to damnation. And I'd kind of like to not. I would gladly fight a war to not. The invitation's out there. I know these are long podcast episodes, but the invitation's out there. If you could show me where I'm wrong, if you can show me where I'm mistaken, if you can show me information I don't already have, the invitation's out there. I want the inf- information. I will gladly change the whole tone and tenor of the show if I get that information. Otherwise, pray your rosary. Go to First Fridays. Go to First Saturdays. Go to First Wednesdays. Do penance Make reparation fast and pray. And maybe consider an action plan. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.